So really the question isn't actually about even LGBT couples. The question should be, what is the nature of sexuality in the eternities? And what will the eternities look like in our society? And if we had that debate for the past 15 years and we figured that out, maybe this whole subject would have been avoided. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Midnight Mormons. I am your host, Carden Ellis, and today I am joined in the studio by a couple of friends. We've got Kwaku L, Barad Whitbeck, and Russell M. Nelson's personal bodyguard, Edmund Thomas. Um, And it's really interesting. Recently, the church issued a statement here about a bill that's going through Congress that, you know, hits the hot topic of gay marriage, and we want to address it because we thought it was good. Brad, take it away. Well, I I just think it's really, really cool that it's a bill that's actually... Uh, protecting LGBTQ people in a really solid way while maintaining the rights of religious um, people at the same time. You never see that. So this is great. This is awesome to see that. It does seem like a rock'em, sock'em, bopper's war that is a little bit winner-take-all. You know, it's like, defensive marriage, screw you, Doma, what? Or else, like, you know... You are a bad person and a bigot and a hateful homophobe. You know what I'm saying? It does kind of seem a little bit binary, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. So I feel like um, I feel like I have an interesting perspective on this um, as I think a lot of the r- religious versus LGBT debate is mostly a Gen X and baby boomer thing mm-hmm. um, because enough. that's like when all the – that's I mean, it's really their fight. Like I grew up in Houston – which is pretty diverse. I did musicals in San Francisco, and I live in Utah. So uh-huh. I've kind of experienced, <laughs> and when you do that, you kind of experience that everyone's everyone's the same. You want to grab a bite to eat. You want to see the Will Ferrell movie, and then you want to, you know, hope you're not single for November. That's literally yeah. <laughs> kind of just how life is, whether you're gay or straight or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I was in San Francisco, I would talk to people all the time. And they found out I was LDS. And obviously that question would come up because they'd be like, yeah, well, dude, my, my parents said that like Mormons were bad because you guys had like a prop, like a prop eight or something. Like, what was that about? And like, at the time, like, I don't really know. Like, and I have to go look up on Google what happened because it was like way, way back when. I didn't have to look it up on Google. I just lived. Yeah, it. you lived. Yeah, yeah you were there. <laughs> so, anyway. But like when I would explain, they would say, OK, how come your church doesn't do gay marriages? And I would say, well, I mean, like, so we're different than other Christians because we believe that we become gods. And when I would say that, they would just be like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. So we believe every person literally becomes like a god and we and God made us in his image. We believe he's a like a human being, not, not like an ethereal, misty, like he's literally a guy. He has he has a body of flesh and bone. Yeah. And we also think that he we're all his literal children. And we think that divinity um, has a physical aspect to it. And um, the soul is the spirit and body combined. And able to become a god in the highest kingdom, you have to be able to make babies. So we believe that there's like a biological component to godhood. And because that seems to be how God revealed himself to Joseph Smith and what was put into the scriptures, it would be unfair if we if we married two guys in heaven and said, great, now you're going to be gods and they get to heaven and we still operate on the same physical, biological... And we would trap them in heaven without the ability 
to eternally progress into parents. Right. Like it would we, be it would be cruel and mean. Yeah. And so like I would explain that and they would go, Oh, I just kinda thought you guys were like be Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, I thought you were mean. Yeah. Because if you don't believe in that, right? If yeah. you don't believe that the the eternal law, which predates our God's authority, is to create gods and there is a biological divine aspect to that, then you kind of just believe that God made gay people gay just to mess with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You kind of believe that. And also, the highest la layer of heaven that's still debated within our church whether that's like like a state of ascension or if that's a, like a planet. That's still up for debate. But we don't believe if you're gay or if you have a gay marriage, you're going to burn in hell forever. Yep. We don't believe like any of that stuff. And I think when I was able to communicate that with people, they're always like, oh, that actually makes sense. But But when we don't get into like the deepness of it. Mm -hmm. that's when it gets a little bit like murky and everything. Yeah. And so bills like this are, I think they're cool because one, I mean the culture war, like the, the boomer culture war is over. Like people just kind of want to do what they want to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah. You, when you read the headline, what did you say? Is this the church just... Oh, is, yeah. is this a church admitting the gays won? <laughs> <laughs> no, you said, is this a church admitting that the culture war is over? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, the culture war is over when Modern Family aired. And yeah. every Mormon family I know was watching it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're like, those two uncles are so funny, brother. Like, come on. You know? yeah. So uh, I think that's kind of where we're at. And, and ultimately, we're all going to wake up one day and realize the same system that subjugated LGBT people and knew that uh, the AIDS outbreak was going to happen and let thousands and thousands die is the same institution that is poisoning our water, that subjugates people by religion and race. We're all going to recognize that the same boot is on top of all of us, and when we unite, we can take them down and actually have build the freedom of the world that we'd like. We can all enjoy our rights and privileges together, but instead we're being manipulated to think it's us versus them. Are you suggesting that no matter which one gets elected, that the homeless stay homeless and the bombs keep dropping? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, now, Ed, I think, has a... Yeah, Ed had a comment. Make it fast, Ed. Yes, just the... You're well, a bodyguard, not a philosopher. Yeah, I, I, no, know, I know. The, 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 the Ed's the smartest one here. The church, yeah. the church <laughs> angle, and you know, the LA team loves uh, loves coming up here and working for free for you guys. They really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, They're the church offers a lot of money in kind, quid pro quo, for us to shill for them in exchange for very expensive. David A. Bednar got me out of jail. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to jail. Okay, yeah, okay, just to correct the psych ward because of David A. Was Bednar. it Holland that, that pulled some strings to get he you out of? He was like, under no circumstances. <laughs> Will Quakewell be locked behind bars without sunlight or vitamin D to fill it? <laughs> and just to correct, my team, my team works for free, um, and we have uh, eleven guys, and we rotate, and two girls, and they work for free. They're the LA team. We have Chicago team, Manhattan team, uh, Salt Lake. Hey, City dude, don't team. be giving it away, Doc. Yeah, okay, okay. Give right. us your thought, Doc. So, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so in my warden stake, we do have uh, active uh, uh, gay Latter Day Saints. Uh, I would say, uh, based on my discussions with them, uh, they are uh, uh, chast love, chastity, obeyers, and some are temple recommend holders. And I think the key with this— yeah, Believe it or not, they exist, guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously, this is Los Angeles. Yeah. And <laughs> You're right. Everything exists here. Yeah. <laughs> and everything exists here. But the amount of love that uh, the people in my ward and stake have for— children of God above all else uber alles is 
true and real. Uh, These are people that have been converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ, people who understand the eternal uh, paradigm of going through life's learning education and steps uh, and learning discipline because it's as essential as a lot of the other stuff we've been asked to do. There's not a commandment that says be disciplined, but if you look at all the commandments, it's they all say be disciplined. Um, and they would be, they are more than happy to understand that this just happens to be something that they are attracted to. I, it would probably be pretty fair to say most men would. You, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but I, I just noticed something, and I'm going to toss to Brad here just because we said we were going to talk about this bill and we haven't even mentioned a single word of it or the name of it yet. And we're like 10 minutes into the podcast, but I give you credit, Ed, for a security professional. You're the only one that this whole time has looked straight into the camera while you're talking. He actually looks straight into the camera. I was yeah. like, you missed your calling in life, dog. Well, Give up the Colt 1911 and let's give you a microphone, brother, yep. and make you like a broadcast journalism major or something. Yeah, so you know? I, well, I was going to say, we're used to looking straight down the barrel. <laughs> and 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 without flinching, squeezing. And all I know is I can at a, at a hundred yards, I shoot eighteen inches high, and I've got a kill. And that's all. <laughs> and that's all I know. That's all I, that's all I know. I'm a machine. Two hundred forty grains, by the way. And, uh, that's funny. Okay, so Brad, let us know what's going on here with this thing. Okay, so basically, the church put out this statement where they said that. Um, they, they start off just saying, look, the doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints related to marriage between a man and a woman is well known and will remain unchanged. Now, we are grateful for the continuing efforts of those who work to ensure the Respect for Marriage Act includes, sorry, we are grateful for the continuing efforts of those who work to ensure the Respect for Marriage Act includes appropriate religious freedom protections while respecting the law and preserving the rights of our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. We believe this approach is the way forward as we work together to preserve the principles and practices of religious freedom together with the rights of LGBTQ individuals. Much can be accomplished to heal relationships and foster greater understanding. You know, what? like just like I I think this smacks of like a 1990s or a 1970s uh, PR release, but finally in a good way. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of like, okay, cool. You know, they they throw a bone to the base that wants to know whether or not we're going woke or not. And they say, look, you guys know what our doctrine is. That's not changing. However, at the same time, we want to make sure that, you know, our LGBTQ brothers and sisters got the respect they deserve because they're children of God. And 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 like this doesn't have to be hard. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they just made it easy and simple and it didn't have to be hard and it covered all the bases. And I think it's honestly because they learned a lot from the situation with Prop 8. Because are you suggesting California Memorials were the sacrificial lambs at the altar of Boomer Ivory Tower, detached from society ism? That's not necessarily. I, we I'm, were sacrificed. Yes, I know at but the look, altar of PR, dude. <laughs> but here's here's the thing. I this was never about hate, right? I that always bugs me when people are like, "Oh, well, the church hates gay people, and that's why they had, did Prop 8. No, if you say that, you just fundamentally don't understand the legal reasons for why they were involved in this in the first place. My dad was a bishop. I was like, what, 12? I don't even know. I, I was a kid. But I remember him talking about this. Dude. What? Study World War One. 
when World War One started, the machine gun was so different. They were sending cavalry charges at machine guns and the generals just didn't know what to do. So they just kept on throwing more soldiers at it. There was like one day when 20,000 people died that were like Parisian elites and college students and people that still viewed war as like this glorious thing that you did while you were in college. And it's called the massacre of the innocents. Oh, like man. it was such a bloody thing at the beginning of World War One before they discovered trench warfare that it's literally called the massacre of the innocents. 2008. California Mormons was the massacre of the innocents, dude. I'm just telling you, that's and, what it was. And, and here's the thing. I think what was going on was the church was actually trying to do something very similar at the time. And then the optics of it got twisted in a way that just threw LDS people under the bus. Because it was never about saying, hey, we want to stop rights of LGBTQ and individuals. It was just what's being said here. They wanted to preserve the religious freedoms that they had right and and make sure because my dad the way he explained it to me was look we need to clarify things in a way that helps us understand that we're not they could have, have shut down temples with the constitutional change of how yeah. you define marriage they and, could have shut down lds and temples. sued all sorts of bishops for not going to and taking away the tax exempt status of the church there's yes. major legal implications and, and yes. so i i think what we're seeing here is the church is saying hey cool we've got to make sure that as we are defending our own religious freedoms, we're also showing what our goal is here so that we don't end up offending people or even letting people twist what we've said in a way that's malicious, right? I think they've yeah. gotten better. But it's honestly, this is very similar to the style of thing that they were approaching Prop 8 with. They were yeah. going with the current law of the land and saying we're going to establish our religious well, freedoms. Also, right? a big difference this is the is same move. Yeah, a big difference now, too, is, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the same church bureaucrat that wrote what they call the policy of I won't give them the word, you know, but may maybe the, the same church PR bureaucrat that wrote the, the November policy uh, five years ago is the same church bureaucrat that wrote this. And, and maybe he is getting better or she is getting better or whatever. But you know what else is getting better? There was no pro-Mormon voices like this channel or like some of the others out there mm -hmm. that say, hey, hold on a second. You anti-Mormons can't go and say that online. That's not true. You're lying about us. We're not that way. There, there wasn't that bulwark set up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I um, when I was on uh, Saints Unscripted, <clears throat> I had this conversation with a guy. We did one of the live meetups for Saints Unscripted. Yeah. And he wanted to know about, like, you know, this the LGBT subject. And we're talking everything, and I kind of explained. And he was like, well, like, okay, what you're saying makes sense. But how come, like, Boyd K. Packer and your apostles would say homophobic stuff? And I said, did Boyd K. Packer say anything different than your uncle at Thanksgiving? <laughs> and the guy laughed. Because regardless of your religion... That's just how dudes his age talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is like, a cultural thing like, more than anything. Uh, a 79-year-old who's yeah. like, I don't know about these homosexuals. Yeah. That's not a Mormon <laughs> thing. That's how they all are. Yeah, uh -huh. do you got you a Vietnam vet in your family? As if it's like uniquely the church making people this way. It's when, like, no, this is just older people. When I dated the daughter of the police chief of Monroe, Utah... <laughs> The most conservative and most Caucasian city in all of Utah. When I went to church with her on Sunday in her home ward, it was a bunch of cotton tops. Old people. And we walk <laughs> in holding hands and they stared. And, and one guy was staring like, 
And the other and the other woman was like, "Wow, we haven't had a colored fellow walking here in for." <laughs> I wasn't mad. I was like, you know what? I chose to date a girl who lives in Monroe, Utah. <laughs> I knew this was happening. And you know what? It's fine. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And As you big- call them cotton tops? Yeah, cotton remember? top. You ever heard of that? I know. I love these southern phrases. <laughs> I went to BYU and, you know, uh, like, I, I, I just... Jeffrey Lofton, shout out to Jeffrey Lofton, all right? Mary Janessa Lofton. He was this uh, super charismatic guy from the South, all right? And uh, it's actually, it, it's it, it's hilarious. He married a friend of mine named Janessa. And I literally at one point asked him to write down all the Southern phrases that he knew because he would say the most hilarious stuff in the middle of a conversation. Like one of our buddies went to try and get a number from a chick and he said, oh, he's like, he's like that, like a, like a duck on a June bug. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, like a duck on a June bug? Like what the heck? And I just envisioned this duck like chasing a June bug in a swamp, right? And so he would say the hilarious, most hilarious stuff that were like Southern, uh, Southern phrases. So when you say cotton tops, I'm like, I never thought of calling an old person cotton tops. But whenever you go to the old people wards and you're sitting in back you're right it's just like little q-tips are just like you know pop it out from the stands yep. i mean the pews that is so funny so okay i'm sorry brad i i interrupted you fin- finish your thought about how how good and reasonable and well measured you think this is oh i i just think it's funny because we're seeing really different reactions on online from people some are like this is a good step in the right direction other people are like we're admitting defeat and other people are just all over the place with what they're saying with it. But I think it's really consistent with the way that the church was acting around Prop 8 in the first place. Well, in, in terms of holding fast to the doctrine. And I, I don't think it was consistent in the sense that I don't think the church was prepared prepared for the blowback they would get. But also the work, building was. But they were also working with the existing law of the land. Right. Which is okay. Article of Faith 12. That's what we do. And yeah. so the church is working with the existing law of the land. You're giving him too much credit. Dude, I, I won't you, do that. Solution, I am jaded. The solution I'm angry. Is simple. <laughs> solution simple. If you want to make sure there's no more people who are gay who want to get married in the temple and uh, and, and the church says no and their feelings are hurt, and, and all we have to do is really just explain what our doctrine is. Mm-hmm. Because, one, it's weird enough where it will get – a lot of people who want to keep her in the temple to to not want to do it anyway. Two, when you explain what we believe, you realize it's not normal Christianity. Like, and we, it's not hateful. It's to not say, no. Like we like, have a different that. concept of the nature of God, and that concept in, involves biology and sex in heaven. Okay, I'm just yeah. gonna say it. It involves it. Yeah. If we explain that as weird as it may be, and we're worried about weirding people out, we wear we all have the same underwear on in this room. So let's not <laughs> act like we don't do weird. Let's explain what we believe. Because <laughs> when we're honest about what we believe, people are gonna go, okay, so you're just doing a different thing. And this is my This isn't homophobia. Yeah, yeah, this is my last thought. I, I've actually adopted what you have said about, hey, you know, if you believe in eternal progression that we can all become gods and that procreation is part of that godly process, you would never want to sentence somebody to 
a life of basically, for lack of a better term, spiritual infertility in the eternities with no, uh, with with no children. You know, by sealing on earth what is in heaven through a gay temple sealing, right? And, and when you do explain it in that well measured way, people are oftentimes like, "Oh, huh? Oh, wow, that does make sense." Yeah, you're not, as you said, Baptists. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I have also said this. Um, I've, I've added upon, and th- this was always my sneaking suspicion that whenever I talk to somebody, they always say, oh, wow, yeah, you're right. You're not just a, a, a hateful person. I would always tell people this. I'd say, look, yeah, you know, we believe in a, a eternal progression and eternal families and that marriage is, is a sacred thing. But also, I personally am a little bit dubious of what we will take with us to heaven because we know we will have eternal families and eternal relationships. But how much does our current concept of sex actually play into that? Because if you think about it, I love my wife. She's smoking hot, hottest chick on the planet. But we're both children of God. And when we go to church, it's well known that we're both brothers and sisters. And you think about it, it's kind of weird thinking that I'm having sex with my wife but she's also my sister? Carden. Like, well, no, hold on. You spent on. too much time with that friend from the South. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Arkansas. It's the middle, mid-South. No, I'm just kidding. But um, the, if you think about it, it, it's kind of odd if we really take the bird's eye view that God has of these are all my children to think that there's a bunch of brothers and sisters having sex down here, which tells us, you know what? We know from the scriptures that when we come to earth, we take on this tabernacle of clay and this tabernacle of clay, AKA our bodies that we use during this mortal probation. Okay. Have diseases, have weaknesses, have ailments. I'm not here to say that sexuality is an ailment. Okay. I'm not some, you know, Catholic priest from the 14th century that's saying you must be celibate, but I'm here to say that I believe it's different in heaven. I think when we go to heaven, I will have a much, instead of thinking, dude, my wife's the hottest chick on the planet. First, I'll probably be thinking, there is my beloved partner. And I also think gay people with their attractions will probably view partnership differently. You know what I'm saying? They will view it with a more godly lens of I want eternal procreation and gender is eternal. And when we're stripped of these lusts, which the scriptures say we have as part of our moral uh, probation, we're stripped of lust. Look, I'll tell you right now, any pastor that wants to go out there and I feel unfairly uh, vilify um, gay partnerships is it's just lust. Oftentimes, one of my pushbacks on them is actually, yeah, well, dude, I got to tell you right now, you see my wife. I didn't pick the, the the ugliest chick in the room. I didn't pick the sweet spirit. Like, I'm sorry, but my relationship with my wife was like, if I'm honest with myself, probably like 75% lust too, dude. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I mean, like we're all sinners if it comes to the lust category, right? You know? And, and when you think that that those physical weaknesses will be gone, I think all of us will be surprised what eternal companionships look like afterwards and how they Just feel different from the perspective of our own feelings. Is that for, yeah. From the perspective of our mm-hmm. own feelings and our own lusts. And when stripped of that, when straight people are stripped of their heterosexual lust and when homosexual people are stripped of their homosexual lust and when polyamorous people are stripped of their polyamorous lust and all the other whatever People are stripped of whatever lust they have. I think it will surprise us what gift we have from God in the eternities, no longer feeling that way. And we'll all look back 
and saying, wow, that whole earthly lust thing was wild, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, because yeah, there, there's really two ways it can go. There's either um, we, we effectively do lose um, sexuality to some extent, um, or we just keep it. And I've yeah. you ready for a I, radical thought? I think we'll keep it, but it'll be so contextualized with the knowledge that we have. I, I mean, okay, before, right before Quaker's radical thought, I I feel like we're gonna keep it more than you're saying, Cardin, because the same sociality that exists here is what's gonna exist with yeah, us. Yeah, it's in a heaven. sociality, but you don't think that, for example, if I have really bad stomach ulcers and cancers, I know when I rise up in the restoration, my body will per- be perfected, and that's I won't not a have sociality. Those. And I I don't think a sex drive is a ulcer. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. It's... No, but I I, I think. I think we will be surprised. Brad. Yeah. You don't think a sex drive is an ulcer? You ever been in a bar at 3 a.m.? Okay, you've been in the South. Because you got to get a girl home, and it ain't a cute one, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I've never been there either. Um, But my radical thought is this. I talked about this actually with a Church of the Firstborn guy. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. And he was like, I think there's going to be gay couples in heaven. And I was like, explain. He said, look. If your if your romantic attraction is a part of who you are, and let's say all gay couples go to the terrestrial kingdom, because the celestial kingdom is reserved for creating spirits. If they're around each other and they still like each other, how is it different from what they have now? <laughs> and I was like, like I literally was like, wait, wait a minute. It's like it's not like God's gonna divide them. And have like two planets where half the gays go here and the other half go here, and, they, and there's like an angel making sure, like segregating the two planets. Yeah, there's not like gonna be a cherubim fountains. with a flaming sword at the gate. Exactly. Like, you know, it's like, look, look, if 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 we're operating under this assumption that our romantic attractions are gonna stay with us eternally, and that means gay couples are probably still just gonna be doing their thing. If they're still gonna like each other in the next life, whether if they're in the terrestrial kingdom. And I was like, so a church of the firstborn guy, which is supposed to be way more right-wing conservative and radical than yeah, our church. Yeah, what is church of the firstborn? Is, is that it's an like evangelical a, thing? It's like uh, a, they broke off our church in. Um, they're a fundy group. Yeah, oh. in 1978. But right before, they broke off before the priesthood ban. So they just did it because. Um, and uh, they're, they're like very hardcore Brighamite church. Like hmm. very, very much. Like they believe Adam, God. They believe Get all out. that stuff. Yeah. So I was talking to a guy that. Okay. okay. Do and they he, still have like, you know, a muzzle loaded muskets they shoot deer with like on the Oregon Trail for their food? I or? am not sure. I, okay. I don't know. Okay. Most likely though. But okay. like if I we're mean, being fair, yeah. And so even even in the other LDS Mormon churches, yeah. There's a debate and he said I think there's going to be gay couples in heaven. He said, Quaku, explain to me. He said operating under the assumption that your romantic and sexual attraction stays with you. Yeah. One Celestial kingdom literally means to be able to um, make babies and create spirit children. Gay couples know they can't do that in this life, so naturally it translates with the biological concept of divinity. They can't do it in the next life, but they can be around each other. They can hang out. They can do their thing. And where do we put people like that that can't make spirit children? What level of ascension or kingdom are they in? I don't feel comfortable with the phraseology of where do we put people because it's not us putting them anywhere. I know, I know. But I get what like, you're yeah. saying. Where, where, Where is the natural yeah. landing point? And I was like, so really the question isn't actually about even LGBT couples. The question should be 
what is the nature of sexuality in the eternities? And what yeah. will the eternities look like and, in our society? And if we had that debate for the past 15 years and we figured that out, maybe this whole subject would have been avoided. Or, uh, at least a lot of the hurt. Yes, and, and the, way more. Or, but and, there's people that and, have the spirit of contention that have been riling it up. But and, on on the same token, you you do have people who are just homophobic yeah, out that's there, true. you know, and just And BS. I would like to name names and states and never take personal responsibility for anything associated with it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> completely externalize that. Yeah. And absolve myself as I go to sleep at night envisioning <laughs> that I am a perfect person. No, yeah, those but, people but I, are real. Yeah, And, yeah, and I think that one of the things, though, that's a really great antidote with this is the way that the church has been talking about identity yeah. and the way that we need to identify first and foremost as children of God. Because yeah, that is the key to all of this, and that's why I really lo- like I want to sleep on him because that letter he wrote about the jab, but I can't sleep on him as a prophet when it comes to him coming out and saying we are first children of God, mm-hmm. second children of the covenant, third disciples of Christ, and everything else comes afterwards, which I absolutely love. Go, Russell M. Nelson. I'm going to get you a gift, Russell M. Nelson. I, you know, I'm going to get you a gift, and I'm going to send it to you in the church office building. And that's going to be its own cool podcast because I think you guys have an idea what I'm talking about because I've talked about getting it before. I think it would be a really cool episode, mm-hmm. so maybe we'll do a whole podcast on that later. But anyway. Yeah. Any final us, thoughts from Ed? Uh, yeah, final thoughts from Ed. Yeah, so oh uh, wait, Doug, just give it to the uh, Salt Lake City team, bro. Can you do a little courier may, service? Yeah, of course. But honestly, uh, having heard your plan, I like your plan, uh, and I've okay. and you've shared with me the plans for twenty twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, and they sound very exciting. And by the way, all you people of a little extra wealth, consider a little <laughs> bit to the Midnight Mormons. Yeah, man, because. <laughs> If you knew what I knew the about the church pays us millions, bro. We if you knew help. what I knew about 2023, 24, and 25, you'd be excited. A crummy TV show and a crummy movie is still $20 million. Not that they're doing a crummy TV show and a crummy movie or need $20 million, but stuff is expensive. No, okay. shut up. We need it all. Okay. We but, need it all. But this that's, is expensive. That's besides the point. Baby boomers, I'm a baby boomer, by, by the way. I am Corbin Valuse's exact age. We have a similar uh, life plan. He's like my evil twin. We're the, uh, we joined the church. I'm a convert, just like Corbin. Uh, t- he turned out to be an antichrist. I turned out to be a, a pro-Christ. <laughs> and, and that's, still again, Don't glorify him. Still, no. still again, besides the, 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 the point on this, uh, since I'm a convert who has attended Catholic Mass, love it, um, uh, Shabbat service, uh, Jewish, uh, Calvary Chapel, and our church, and, and settled on this church, I can tell you that I, there is nothing that I would not um, not do or, and, and to do that would keep me away from partaking of the emblems of the Lord's Last Supper. That is, that is my entire existence for the week, uh, is cleansing myself to prepare myself as well. And, uh, and, and, and the gay friends, and we are friends in my ward and in my stake, would tell you the exact same thing. All right. They, 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 nothing is going to keep them from the emblems of the Lord's Last Supper. It'll take some sacrifice. You're not entitled 
and they don't they don't feel like they're entitled when they understand the atonement instead of under understanding what that sadist John DeLynn is trying to tell them. Oh, oh, okay, Doug, let Brad wrap it up. Now, we gotta go, Doug. Say what you want to about Boomer's Carton, but they understand the principle of obedience. Oh, they got that down. That's something I think our generation struggles with a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah, you and that whole you know personal responsibility thing. I like it. I mm-hmm, like it. Mm-hmm. Are you the advocate for Ed? Oh, I guess so. I guess yeah. I am now. But <laughs> so, love is advocacy. Here's, here's the th- <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. I I think this is a really good response. Um, yeah. I I think that there might be people who are confused by it in a little bit of a way because they might feel like it's different, but it's very similar to the way the church has always operated. Um, this is protecting religious liberties and doing so in a way that can enable us to um, respect the laws of the land as they are. Yeah. You know, so I thought this was good. Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. Um, if you thought there was anything that you'd be added, do you think they did a good job? Uh, just tell us what your takeaway is. Uh, let's continue that conversation there in, uh, in the comments and uh, let us know what you think. This is Midnight Strike Through Mormons. We'll see you guys in the next program. Hey guys, Cardinellis here. Thanks for watching the video. Now, before we go on to the next video, we gotta talk. We've got a ton of subscribers for which we are very grateful, but unfortunately, I'm going over the analytics and less than 15% of you guys have clicked on the bell icon next to the subscribe button. Now, besides being subscribed to this channel, you need to click that bell icon so you get alerted to every video we drop. We're making about three videos a week, dropping them once every other day, and you're not going to see all of them unless you've clicked on that bell icon. So please make sure you like and you share and you subscribe and you also click on the bell icon. See you guys in the next program.